Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, the Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc., You don't know what to expect, but now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies, and now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and (laughs) my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Hey guys, I'm Victoria Fuller. This is a safe space for me to talk with friends and people I admire about topics ranging from personal growth, relationships, insecurities, religion, and everything in between. I decided to start a podcast because I feel like in the past, I didn't have control over my story. So I want to give people a platform to share their stories, their way, and from their perspectives. From laughing to crying, we will do it all uncensored. Welcome to my podcast, Uncensored Saints. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. And this one is Bachelor Clues. This one. This one. This host of this show. This voice. This co-host is Bachelor Clues. The dulcet tones of clues. That's right. It's Friday. So you know what that means. This week in Bachelor Nation, we're going to give you the tids, the gains, the parasocial plays, uh, the screams. What else do we give? State of the game. We do have a very special state of the game uh, for you as well. We have a very special guest. We will be getting to her momentarily. But before we continue that, we got a little bit of biz. As always, we are on Book Watch. Book Watch. Still no indication that the producers will cut into the program. No book yet. Three episodes. I'm still hopeful. Am I? I don't know. Maybe I'm deluding myself, but I want it to happen. I'll say that much. Opto 2023. <laughs> it's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> and the book is going to be worth even more than it was when it came out a year ago. And if you want one of these dulcet tones to use their fingers to sign your book, come to the Grove March 1st at 1 p.m. And we'll be there. And we might be making some special content along the way. Yes. But please, everybody who's in Los Angeles, come on out to this. This is our triumphant return to the grounds from which we were banned over a little over a year ago when we tried to do this ourselves without alerting anyone at the Grove or Barnes and Noble that we would be appearing <laughs> with what turned out to be a line, a procession of maybe 100 people, including Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack, who came out for this event. And my mom. And your mother. My real mom. Other than Sweetness, who's my parasocial mom. <laughs> right. So we hope that you will join us at the Grove once again. That is Wednesday, March 1st, 1 p.m. at the Barnes & Noble in the Grove here in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, we got we to gotta take it back. And for some of us, the Grove represents trauma. For me, this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for this one, it represents trauma. For that one, he wanted to get banned. But... Uh, we both shall return, and we're not nervous. Why would we be? Because of the trauma. Okay. <laughs> the trauma's in our past. The Grove is now no longer a traumatic place. It turned out to be an error. You should tell places where you're going to be going to sign books, it turns out. That is true, and we have done that this time. So once again, we hope you join us. But now, let's move on, Pace Case, and do what we came here to do. Let's begin this week in Bachelor Nation with Game of Roses. State of the game. 
we have a very special guest joining us for State of the Game today. She is a comedian, actress, writer, LA icon, and Bachelor fan. She currently performs with Christina P. across the country, who you may know from Your Mom's House. She recently performed in the Netflix is a Joke Comedy Festival and will be appearing in the newest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's awesome. Her comedy special and album, People Pleaser, are available now. We are humbled to be joined by Chase O'Donnell. Oh my gosh, what an intro. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This this is truly an honor. I I love your podcast, so thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's so nice. (laughs) Let's get down to it. Now, you are a comedian and a fan of The Bachelor. What do you think of Katie Thurston branching out into stand-up comedy? Okay, I know that you guys are excited about this. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, and listen, I've never met her. And and if I do meet her, I'm sure I'll be like out of my mind and asking to take pictures and bowing down to her. But she wasn't my favorite bachelorette. I mm-hmm. had a really tough time watching her season. And mm-hmm. um, I, I'm thrilled that she's trying stand-up. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a very, very hard skill and it yes. takes a long time and she's just jumping in which is great for her but from the i don't i don't i don't know the stand-up community is a little i don't know yeah you you believe that dues need to be paid is this a little bit like brennan schaub trying to be a stand-up mm. is it a similar kind of thing i i don't think i think she's paid her dues because she's she clearly has a huge following i just i just think for um a newer stand-up it's it's hard to just go on stage and kill. It's going to take yeah. some time totally. to get there. Some reps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's that's my opinion. It's it's controversial. <laughs> Look at me starting off just so controversial. No, of course. I mean, I any anything <laughs> takes iterations. Anything <laughs> takes practice, of course. You know, I think you should start any <laughs> interview with Forming a potential rivalry <laughs> with someone else. <laughs> I know. Now I'm really Please. scared. Now I'm scared. I, if I meet her, I, 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 I do love her. Okay. I, I take it all back. If I may, you were talking about how that season was a hard one for you to get through. Yeah. Let's go back, if we may, to 2020, the first bubble season. We're talking about Bachelorette 16, Claire Crawley that gets fractured when Tasha Adams has to come in, Dale Moss blows it up, all that. How did you feel about all of those seasons? And I, I, I'll just say also mm. like the whole segment that we're doing is called State of the Game. And we just kind of talk about where we think the game is at. And I think those last yeah. two seasons were integral into getting us where we are now. So yeah, you didn't like Katie Thurston. What about the seasons that surrounded it? Bachelorette 16. Well, who, who was your favorite Bachelorette? I'm curious. Oh, that's such a good question. My first favorite was Allie. When she got engaged mm. to Roberto, was you mm. Ali Fedotowski? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Ali Fedotowski. Um, I loved Hannah B. She really surprised me. I, 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 she was my favorite, and my favorite bachelor, perfect Ben, Ben Higgins. Perfect Ben. Perfect Ben. <laughs> but I mean, he did break two hearts. Is that how they advertised that season? That's how they advertised it. He did. He was the first to say "I love you" to. Three different girls or two different girls? Yeah. Well, he was the first to say it to two finalists in the contemporary era. Yeah. But it has happened before. Oh, okay. It had. <laughs> Who was that? Was it uh, Stork? Stork? Travis Stork. Okay. I there's some there there were like 
the early seasons. It's hard to find them. I I don't remember so well. And it's very impressive that, yeah, that's impressive. No one can find them. So <laughs> there's only a select few, the long, long-term uh, pit dwellers that, can find, <laughs> that have that in their memory, season eight. It's very impressive. But okay, so the... I think Bachelor has been going downhill for a while. Not that I don't watch. I watch. Um, but I I was a fan of Tasha mm-hmm. once Claire left. And that's about it. Oh, wow. You didn't like Michelle Young? Oh, I liked Michelle. I did. I forgot about Michelle. <laughs> you didn't like Gabby? You didn't like... Rachel Reckia? You didn't like Clay Neckard? I didn't like the Gabby Rachel season. Mm. No, I mean, almost no one did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not. No, not at all. That season was. I mean, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people came away from that season being like, what a great season. <laughs> yeah. And I think most of these seasons that we're talking about were that way. Um, all the bubble seasons really were disasters in one way or another. And I think through no fault of the leads or any of the players, it really is the producers like strangling the life out of the show at this point. Yeah. You know, the last season where people liked The Bachelor, I would say, was really season 21. Which which one was that? What's- Nick Vial. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just oh. making a joke. <laughs> That's not a joke. Uh, but um, sh- I think <laughs> I think since when was it, it was when they put Matt James on as Bachelor and he had never even seen the franchise. It was so obvious. Well, he was cast as a player in Cr- Claire Crowley's season in Bachelor at 16. And then obviously he was trained by Hannah Brown and and uh, Tyler Cameron to do what he did. But yeah, that was a disastrous season, obviously. But are you watching? You're watching the current season, right? 27? Absolutely. And so what do you think of it so far? We've had three episodes. We've seen what we've seen. Yeah. How are you feeling about where we are now? I'm so glad you asked. I think <laughs> <laughs> I was a little... I was annoyed that they picked Zach at first. I was like, here we go. Another, another white basic guy, but, and, and no fault to Zach. I think he's a very nice guy. It is not his fault that he got chosen. I don't think, you know, it was on him, but I've been pleasantly surprised by this season. And I think it's because of the girls. I really like Mm -hmm. how sweet they are. They're, they're, they're a good bunch of girls. Mm. And Zach's like kind of funny how uh, awkward and goofy and not cool he is. I I don't know. I kind of like him now. Let me ask you this. Ooh. Do you believe that this is real, this show? In what, in what way? Do you think that the players on this show are actually there to fall in love, et cetera, et cetera? I think that most of them go on the show thinking this is good for my career or for my Instagram and maybe I'll find love, but that's not the, that's not what they're going into thinking. Yes. They're always all surprised. Mm. They're always like, Oh, I didn't actually think this would work. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I think pretty much the same thing. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, we wrote a book called how to win the bachelor. I'm aware. And it's in the season. We got a reader. Did you know that information? Wait, I heard you talking about like Greer had read the book. Uh, we, we don't know who actually read it, but we have pretty much confirmed information that multiple players were caught by producers reading the book during the course of the season. <gasps> I didn't know that. And we don't know if it's going to be shown. We doubt that it will be, but it obviously contradicts the idea that any of these players are for the right reasons. 
I know. Oh my gosh. If they're, you're right. Then they're, they're there to win. Seemingly. The, the game. Which I would argue, I would argue is the right reason. But. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, you know, that's kind of what we always say is that even if you're in it for the right reasons, you want to get engaged or whatever, you still have to make it through this minefield of producer traps. You still have to win that game. But then what do you guys think about all these girls sending themselves home so early? Bad play. <laughs> Very bad play. Bad play. Because <laughs> that seems like they are there for love. Yeah, I mean, or does it seem like they mm. just have had enough producer manipulation and they're like, I got to get the fuck out of here before I lose my mind. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, this is too stressful. Chase, I got to ask you a question. You got a, you know, a girl next door vibe about you, a charisma, one might say. <laughs> Would you ever enter this game? You know what? I'm 31 and I think I'm too old. What? I think I'm, I, I think I'm aging out. I would have. I absolutely would have. Um, but I don't want to be one of the girls, the young girls are like, and grandma yeah. over there. I don't know. Mm. I just, I'm, I'm right on the cusp. I could still do it maybe the next two years. There's hope. Yeah, you're on the cusp. You got like two more playing. Year. I mean, look, Claire Crawley, technically, you got I, Technically, I've got 10 years. <laughs> yeah, nine years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, you've convinced me. I, I I will if if they approach me, but um, I at one point was uh, really trying hard to be a PA on The Bachelor. I oh wow! I messaged like the producers of The Bachelor. I got any contact I had, like PAs that had been on the show. I sent in videos, like not in a video application to be a bachelor contestant. I bet I sent in a video for me to be a PA. To be a PA. I, I oh, so wow. badly wanted to just be around the action. And you couldn't get it? Didn't get it. Where are these videos now? <laughs> I'm sure I can dig them up. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I do think that, I do kind of think that might be a good story of like, <laughs> you're like a super fan, tried to be a PA for years had a PA uh, origin <laughs> story, a PA oh, audition tape. Everyone would tell me, like, no, you don't want to be a PA on The Bachelor. It's the worst. It's hardest show to be a PA on. And I was like, you don't understand. I just want to yeah. be behind the scenes and know what it's like. Mm -hmm. That was about five years ago, though. That's when, like, Bachelor was probably peaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably easier to PA on now. Yeah, you're right. I could probably easily do it now. God, that was a good era. You know, Pace Case, I never told you this. I made an audition tape for the real world once in my final year of eligibility, age 24. This was some time ago, of course. <laughs> but uh, I don't know where that tape is either. What did you put in it? What's that? Why are you just... Con why are you confessing this three years into our podcast? Where is the video? What did you do in it? I just remembered it. Well, this was back before there was really the internet. So the video was put in a box and mailed to whoever was producing it. Buna Murray, I guess, uh, Productions. They have it now in their archives, I'm sure. What did you do in it? Uh, what did I do? I walked around. This I was in LA. I walked around a couple of places. At the time, I was an assistant at a production company. And I was just like, this is what I do. My parents are fucking crazy and whatever. And let me on the show. And it didn't work out. I'm just saying, I've made the tapes. You've been there. You've been there. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. We all, wanted, we all wanted that reality TV fame. Hey, you never know. After this podcast, you both might get calls <laughs> for new jobs. Mm. Oh, well, thank yes. you. Um, what do you think, if I may ask, Chase, of Christina Mandrell? Mm. Okay. 
Um, I loved her on her one-on-one. I absolutely loved her. Mm-hmm. I loved how she handled the conflict with Brie, that first conflict where she she got approached. And instead of being like, you don't know what you're talking about, she was very apologetic and was like, that's not what I intended. I'm so sorry. I loved how she handled it. But this past episode, the producers did a great job of um, turning, changing my opinion about her. And I saw what all the other girls saw. And now I'm confused. I don't know what to believe. I still like her. I like her TikToks. I like her Instagrams. Mm-hmm. And she's been posting stuff like, hey, guys, let's be positive. I'm getting a lot of hate. Like, I just like how she's handling it. I think I like her. Well, I mean, she's also getting a huge Instagram gain even after a massive villain edit, which is something that we don't really see anymore. Oh, so really? I'm not sure if the the tables are being turned a little bit. If we're rounding the bend on this era where people are getting massive amounts of death threats, she still is, obviously. But have you ever sent a death threat, Chase, to anyone in the Bachelor franchise? Oh, my God. Never. <laughs> Never. I would never. I, absolutely okay. not. And I think it's appalling that people would. She's like, yeah, I followed up all of my PA audition tapes with a death threat if they didn't respond. No, I think that part of Bachelor Nation is a very dark, dark side of our community. Um, I've never sent a de- death threat. I have a lot of empathy. I feel like... Just like Chris Harrison. That's what he says on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in almost every episode, he reminds us how empathetic he is. He did call himself <laughs> a bit of an empath. Yeah. He did it in this last episode with Caitlin uh, Bristow, too. Still haven't listened to his most dramatic podcast. You're okay. You don't really need to. Um, no one does. I've People have been telling me that it's not that dramatic. I'm, I'm waiting for the tea to be, really be spilled. But no, I think that Christina has more followers than Zach at the moment. That is true. She's so far the first player to, to crack 100K on Instagram anyway. Do you know if she had a lot to begin with, though? I don't know that. She was the second highest coming in to at Victoria. Yeah, her starting Instagram was 40.5K. Oh, wow. I mean, she is a mandrel. Indeed. And her starting TikTok was 85.7K. So she oh. did come in with a little bit of a social media media following already. but She had a following. Yeah, now she's doing much bigger numbers. And I think, I, tr- I hope that we are ending the era of villains being punished because those are, in my opinion, the best characters in the show. They are. I was watching the like alley date where they were skydiving and all was great, but I was bored. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to get to the part where she's crying on the stairs. Like that's actually what was keeping yeah. me watching. <laughs> yes, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. The stair crying. Iconic. <laughs> if you ever go on the show, you have to cry on those stairs. Oh, God. I, I'll do it for <laughs> you. But I, I don't think I want to. Yeah. I don't know, Chase. I feel like I got a good feeling about you. <laughs> you got uh, you got the raw, the raw talent. Yes, you're on the age cusp, but... <laughs> I hope that, you know, I, I was a theater major and hopefully I can use those crying on cue skills to, to create a scene. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, being able to produce tears is a fantastic play uh, for sure. Let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah. You watch The Bachelor. Do you watch any other reality TV? I do. What do you got? What are you into? Okay. Oh, well, listen, I just watched Milf Manor for the first time. I don't know if you've seen that one. No. Not oh. yet. It's the one where the moms and the sons are dating each other. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's on TLC, the, the learning channel. We've talked about this, Chad. The moms are dating the sons of the other moms? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. What a genius idea. Genius. And literally there's like a 20 year old boy there hitting on 50 year olds. It's, it's, it's so creepy, but it's really good TV. So that one, I've, I've really gotten into Love Island. Um, I liked F Boy Island. I, I, um, the Kardashians. There's certain shows that though, like I know I'd be really into. Um, and so I don't start mm-hmm. watching it because I have to yes. have some free time where I'm not watching reality. So I know I would love every reality show, but I limit it to those right now. So, and where does the bachelor rank for you among them? <laughs> Just Love Island and Milf Manor and uh, 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 <laughs> Love Island, which is on five days a week. <laughs> yeah, just, just these three. Actually, I'm sure there's more. Um, but I, it's always Bachelor number one. And it's really because Bachelor does such a good job of like mm-hmm. creating a space to get together mm-hmm. with your friends. And I, we just have Monday night like dinner and watch The Bachelor. You have a watching group? I have about three or four watching groups. And so every Monday, there's at least one watching group I'm part of. Is that a lot? No, it's great. I wish I could go to watching groups, but I must watch the show in complete silence <laughs> so that I can take my 22 pages of notes and fill in my spreadsheets. And uh, Yeah, I can't write 500 pages of notes with people yeah. talking. <laughs> I can no longer be around humans when I watch, when I ingest I'm actually trying to watch and everyone's talking and I'm like, this is serious. But um, yeah, that's why I think it's number one because it's it's always been a lovely excuse to get together with, with friends that I wouldn't see that often otherwise. When did you start watching it? I agree. At what age, what season? I watched like the first and second season when I was like nine and 10, oh, really young. Damn. Um, and then I took a big break and then I got back to watching it in college. I was in a sorority. We'd watch it together every Monday night. Oh my God. I watched in my sorority too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't think they're watching in sororities anymore. It definitely, I don't think the Gen Z's really are that Mm. into it as millennials were. Interesting. You don't think you think Gen Z's are? (sighs) I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say because, you know, we track the ratings and stuff of the show and the ratings are going down every season, but like, so are the ratings of all network television. Network television is dying. And so I think it's not a very good metric in terms of trying to figure out how many people are actually watching this because that doesn't take into account Hulu. It doesn't take into account YouTube TV. Gen Z don't have Nielsen boxes. Can I tell you my theory though? The reason there's not a lot of following going on is because millennials, we were the ones following everyone and millennials are getting older, not caring as much, but the Gen Z isn't picking up the weight of that. And then they're also um, promoting a lot about um, senior bachelor. And I think it's because a lot of the viewers are boomers. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, on network TV, for sure. And that's how Warner Brothers is going to make their money by making a show for people who are literally over (laughs) 65 years old or whatever, because that's the only people like fucking clicking the remote control to turn your TV on still. You're right. You're right. (laughs) But I mean, there's also I don't know if you guys are familiar with the nothing forever perpetual Seinfeld episode that was just launched on Twitch by an AI two weeks ago. You told me about this. It, it became anti-trans or something. Yeah, it did some transphobic jokes, so it got banned for two weeks. But they're going to retweak the AI, and it will be back up two weeks from now. It basically is an AI that is writing and producing a visual episode of Seinfeld using kind of like little rudimentary graphics 
forever. It never stops. And I think that kind of stuff is where maybe not Gen Z, but like Gen Alpha will definitely be living in that kind of media. So eventually, I do think there's going to be an AI that just makes a perpetual episode of The Bachelor. Is is Gen Alpha the the like five-year-olds right now? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, they're going to come back to our beloved game. <laughs> yeah, they're going to love Through it. <laughs> their brain, through their contact lenses. <laughs> but all of this said where do you feel like the game is right now how are you feeling about it you said you've watched it since you were nine or ten will you continue to watch it until it (laughs) goes away if it ever does will you watch it forever i think every season i say i'm not gonna watch and then i end up watching so i probably will i just think they had a huge opportunity to rebrand and i think instead of having Jesse be this like the same old host. They had a really big opportunity to like kind of make fun of itself and be more on board with the Bachelor Nation world. And I don't know, I I hate that they kind of just like it it takes itself so seriously. And mm-hmm. and it's a different t- it's we're in 2023. Like it needed a little bit of an upgrade and a different host and vibe and energy so i've i've been really disappointed and i don't know i'm i might not Dang. you hear that katie you hear that dlp shots fired two rivalries started and <laughs> <laughs> i'm i hate to say it but i need to talk to the producers they're making some bad decisions listen we've been saying on our show literally for years at this point <laughs> Hire us. We will save this fucking franchise. So far, no calls. It's really silly. I like my job. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hire me. (laughs) Hire Clues. (laughs) He'll still do this one, I know. (laughs) He just told me he's going to start like his fourth podcast. It doesn't matter. There is no limit to the amount of jobs that I can do. Chase, what what is your special about People Pleaser? Oh, um, it's a, uh, it's about me being a people pleaser. Wouldn't you know it? Um, a lot of my comedy, I think, stems from um, situations that I've gotten in in my life, and and it's making fun of that. You know, just I'm a people pleaser, and I'm making jokes about it. What is the worst people pleasing that you've done? I went on a date with a guy. He took me to a strip club and he made out with a stripper. <gasps> and he I was sitting by myself just watching the show and the strippers <laughs> knew he was off making out with a stripper and they were apologizing to me as they were uh, they were like doing their dance and they're like I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and I um I didn't leave. I stayed I stayed I think yeah. if, if I wasn't a people pleaser, I'd have been like, F this. I'm getting right. out of here. So a lot of um, decisions I've made in my life. Did you spend a lot of money that night? Oh, you know what? I probably did. I usually. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I <laughs> like I've gone to a strip club a couple of times and I'm just like, OK, just, just have all my money. You're amazing. <laughs> just take it. Um, I spend a lot of money on dates because uh, I usually don't like the guy and I feel like if I pay for the drinks, then I don't owe him anything. So I'm usually the one just like, 
oh, you want drinks, you want dinner, like I pay. And it, that's again, not good. That's a people pleasing thing. I stay a long time on dates when I... You're like, I paid for that dance when he <laughs> left the room. <laughs> um, so lots of people pleasing, but I'm getting better. I'm very aware of my people pleasing tendencies now. Oh, one time I threw away dog poop in a trash can and a woman saw me do it and was like, thanks for throwing that in my trash can. It was like those ones outside. And I went over to the trash can and I, I dug, I dug in and got out the poop because I thought she was mad at me. And that's another people pleasing. Maybe that's worse. Yeah, I think that one's worse. Uh, is that is that really? Don't know. People don't believe my stories, but they're very yeah. they're actually true. I've, you know, wow. that's it's not your <laughs> fault though. Like I am also a people pleaser, and I learned it's a it's an instinct. The fawn, it's like fight, flee, or fawn. Yeah, you don't want to fight yes. or flee. We just try to make them like us, so they won't mm. kill us. I've learned that in therapy. I am in therapy, and I am getting better at all of this. Great. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I feel like I'm the opposite of whatever a people pleaser is. I'm a people angerer. An edge lord. Wow. Wow. See? <laughs> what a that sounds so lovely. Yeah. It's why we're a fun dynamic duo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. We're the opposite. Uh, you just like if you're not happy about something, you just like I'm out. I think I'm more like uh, oblivious to uh, trying to make people feel comfortable in any situation. I'm just looking for data. What information can I take from whatever is happening so I can plug it into my spreadsheets and make some sense of it? Uh, that's that's basically how I operate day to day. Wow. I, I need some of that. <laughs> well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, before we go, what do you believe the future of reality dating formats is? I think the future is more like uh, Love Island. Yeah. With no, not really a host getting text updates. That kind of seems to be the thing. Mm -hmm. And um, the host being in on the joke and knowing that this is a little ridiculous and funny. And I think that's what people are leaning towards more. Interesting. So getting rid of the for the right reasons completely. Yeah. Kind of. We know that it's kind of a joke. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. What do you think? Who, me? Yeah. Who me? AI. Ever uh, okay, look, don't don't get uh, me going down this road. AI. Okay, okay. Basically, okay. none of us are gonna have a job in probably fifteen years because AIs will make all entertainment. Well, I tried AI writing stand up jokes and I mm. said them on stage, bombed. They didn't do well. That's where it is right now though. But AI right now is like in its infancy. It's like the wheel. Eventually there's gonna be a Ferrari. Okay. Well, I would love it to write my stand up jokes in the future. It will. And it'll do your performances if you want. Clues guarantees it. (laughs) Imagine this. Imagine this. There is a perpetual Chase O'Donnell stand-up act on your Instagram just streaming. And people can come in and give you a couple of tips or whatever, like on Twitch if they like it or not. And I don't have to do anything? Literally nothing. Fine, I'll take it. I agree. That is my <laughs> sentiment as and well. And guess what? Just full circle. I then I'm thrilled for Katie. She's getting into it at the right time and there's a bright future <laughs> for her too. Yes. <laughs> I really don't want to be Katie's enemy. I, I really want to make sure she knows we're, okay. we're cool. <laughs> we'll okay. make sure. Okay. Uh, 
But thank you, Chase, for joining us and talking about Bachelor. And everybody, please go check out Chase's new special and album, People Pleaser. It's available everywhere, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. It's on YouTube and then the album's on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen. People Pleaser. What's your handle? Oh, my Instagram is Chase underscore O'Donnell. And my TikTok is different. Chase underscore Elaine. That's it. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, thanks again, Chase, for uh, joining us. Thanks, Chase. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun. Thanks again to Chase O'Donnell for joining us for that state of the game. Go check out her special people pleaser anywhere you get your comedy. And now it's time for us to discuss this week in games. We start out this week in games with the ratings for our beloved game. The ratings for this week's big game held the exact same numbers as it had last week with a 0.59 in the demo and 2.9 million total viewers. This put our beloved game in a dead tie in the 18 to 45 year old demographic with America's Got Talent, All Stars on NBC and The Neighborhood on CBS. All three of these shows beat Fox, who was bringing up the rear across the major broadcast networks with Fantasy Island, scraping out a 0.2 in the demo. Um... 0.2 for a broadcast network. One of the four big ones. Look. That's rough. One of the co-creators of Fantasy Island hosts one of my favorite podcasts. So I wish them all the best. I wish everybody the best on the entire planet. But I do think this is an indication that network TV is, as we always say, dying. Tell me the streaming numbers and then I'll make my my slow judgment. I mean, if only I could. They don't release them. Yeah. All these streamers hold their information tight. Yeah. They keep their own metrics. Well, speaking of metrics, Zach Shalcross, our current crown, gained 6.1K on Instagram this week, bringing him to a total of 89.6K. Not quite breaking the 100K mark yet. And he gained 23 followers on TikTok, bringing him to 633 in total on that platform. And now for the top five Instagram gains this week for the rookies. They did a little bit better than Zach Shawcross in some cases. Two of them did. Number one, package deal player Christina Mandrell gained 29.9K for her swan song exit bump for a total of 113K. Before we move on to the next one, let's just quickly have a little discussion here about this. Mandrell was a villain. Mandrell got the highest Instagram gain of the week during Mandrell's biggest villain edit. Does this mean we're through the looking glass? Are we done with the time when villains got no gains? God, I hope so. (laughs) I am hoping that that is the case. You know, we'll get to parasocial plays. She's obviously getting those death threats, but she's still getting the gains, which kind of makes up for the death threats in some way. Death threats are just part of it. You hope that if you're getting death threats, you're at least getting gains. You're getting death threats now, I believe, no matter what you do, whether you're a villain or not, you're going to get death threats if you come on The Bachelor. Floater, sorry. That is part of it. Yes. (laughs) This Sleucian protocol now includes death threats, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But we also are seeing here, Mandrell is the first player to get over 100K. To yeah. do it while in the course of the show. Obviously, Victoria Incredible. Jameson came in with over 100K Instagram. So, again, this is, I think, I'm not going to say it's proof because this has happened once and Mandrell is a very special player. Mm-hmm. But this is not what we're used to 
from villain. No. Usually a villain who flames out in episode three comes nowhere near 100K and certainly doesn't have the biggest bump of the week. What did like a Cassidy Timbrooks maybe? What did she end up getting? Cassidy Timbrooks right now is at 10.9K followers. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a big change. Right. Now, Mandrell did come in with a, a higher number to begin with. She came in yeah. with uh, 50K, I believe, Instagram. Higher number came in with all of the support of the third audience. It would have appeared. She got that early meeting in the family date. Mm -hmm. She got that intro package with her daughter, etc. She got that incredible limo exit and she also had the full support of the fifth audience aliens we of course know that there is the the first audience is the lead the second audience is the other players the third audience is the producers the fourth audience is us watching uh -huh. the fifth audience is the mandrell family <laughs> what yeah full support let's what? move on <laughs> The second place in gains. You okay? You glitching? <laughs> this week, we're all glitching. The second place in gains this week belongs to Katie Bigger. She gained 6.2K for her 4TR one-on-one double MVP status for a total of 13.1K. I feel like this was to be expected. She had the best one-on-one -on -one date that we saw. We won't. We don't even see Allie in this top five. In third place, we have turtle turned floater Gabriella L. Nikki gaining 2K for a total of 12.4K. I don't know how any of these last three are getting these gains. Well, in fourth place, we have the only top player from the season, Bailey Brown, uh, gaining 1.7K for a total of 9.K. She did swan song this this week, so maybe that had something to do with it. Oh, uh, for fit and running out of the top five is hot tub player Ariel Frankel gained 1.5k for a total of 11.2k. She had some chemistry play in the in the tub. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I mean, I guess these aren't these aren't huge numbers anyway. So no, these gains are yeah. are paltry. We are we are starting to see that too, and it's like this has been, I think, getting progressively worse over the past couple of years. And I don't know what that exactly is either. Is it the millennial drop off? Mm hmm. I don't know. That's what Chase thought. It's interesting to watch this, though. Yeah. We'll get into it. I mean, the gains, the gains, uh, the players do have larger TikTok followings than they have on Instagram. So we'll see. Uh, top five total Instagram chart as of today, February 9th, 2023, at Victoria Jameson still maintains the lead with 124K, although someone is close behind. In second place is Mandrell. 112k will mandrell catch jameson yes you think she'll get another 12k you don't think she's capped absolutely when women tell all women tell all baby it'll be the mandrell show that's my prediction you don't let mandrell go on purpose and then if she accidentally leaves yeah make her the star of the women tell all that's what i would do if i were a producer but obviously I'm just a member of the fourth audience. If Mandrell leaves, get Mandrell back at all costs. Mandrell must be seen at Women Tell All to promote Mandrell's appearance on sand. I believe Mandrell will be first sand round and she will be the, the villain. And maybe we can get back to our Mandrellian era. Or she'll pivot. Or she'll pull a Shanae and she'll pivot on sand. I could see her doing that. Look, if they're not going to give me her as crown... Make her first stand, give her that villain pivot, and we'll see that she's actually 4TRR, and we just want a little 
You want a little father or mother for that little baby. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well... Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.com 
Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Could be. Package deal. Anyway, third place is Jessica Garrod at 25.2K. Fourth place, Anastasia Karamidas, 23.6K. And running out that top five, Sonia Sharma, 16.3K. Now for the top five TikTok chart. Number one has been the same, might be the same all season, at Victoria Jameson, 970.5K. Completely underutilized. Put her in women tell all too. She better be there. Um, And maybe on sand. I'm just so curious to see what happens to a player like that as they go through the game. We really didn't get to see that yet. You know, they cast her mm-hmm. and then they fucking cut her out of everything and they dismissed her early. So we didn't really get to see what the effect of this kind of a social media presence would have on the show. It makes me worried. They're only casting influencers to demonize them as influencers. Yes. And then when they can't, they eliminate them. Yeah. That's what it seems like to me as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of in second place on that TikTok chart, <laughs> you got Mandrill 129.4K. Third place, Madison Johnson, night one player, 102.3K. Fourth place, Rebecca Becca Serrano, 52.5K. Another night one player. And running out the top five is Jessica Gerard or Gerard, 33.5K. Interesting numbers here early in the season. We will see if Mandrell can keep her upward momentum now that she is no longer in document. And we will see Mm -hmm. if anybody can dethrone the... Zero screen time queen of social media from this season, <laughs> Victoria Jameson. Unreal that they didn't use her more. Yeah. I mean, she, I think Jameson and Mandrell are doing the best pair of social plays that we're seeing from the rookies. They're consistently putting out top tier content. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're showing you why they have these numbers. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who come into the, into our beloved game having little to no actual experience in the influencer sphere in the parasocial sphere and their numbers just fucking explode and they're like, oh shit, what do I do now? And it's a bunch of spawn con and whatever. But you're seeing in Mandrell and Jameson, two players who have been doing this for a minute, who understand how to fucking capitalize on it and how to make good content. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what winds up happening, but let's move on now to all those tids that are fit to print. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, Victoria Fuller is joining us in the ever-expanding Bachelor Nation podcast universe. The season 24 Chase Rice one-on-one survivor dropped a trailer for her new (laughs) podcast project this week, as well as launching the official Instagram. The title of the podcast is Uncensored Saints. And the first episode is set to release on Valentine's Day, February 14th, with what the trailer promises will be a very special guest. Congrats to Fuller on this new endeavor, and welcome to the club. Uncensored Saints. 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 I like that both that two of the three bad bitch energy 
and group date co-hosts are launching podcasts this season after not being in the game for a minute. Tajwan, where you at? Tajwan. Tajwan can't pee. Tajwan can't poo. Tajwan can't podcast, I guess. What's going on? Tajwan can podcast. She should do a podcast called Party Crasher. I think she calls it Doc Walk. Doc Walk. What's that? I put a question about this in... Uh, oh, Doc Guac. Do you remember when she when she passed out from the heat yeah. and she ordered a doctor and then had the doctor bring her guacamole? Yeah, Doc Guac. Yeah. I remember. I do remember that. Um, but no, sincerely, congratulations to Victoria Fuller. Very curious to see what this podcast is going to be all about. Who that first guest will yes. be? What the format of the show is, et cetera, et cetera. You know what pod I look forward to? Off contract. Fuller Joy. Oh. That is an interesting one. Although we've already kind of had it on the Vial files. I want Victoria in charge. All right. No Vial. I want to see what... I think it'll be different. Perhaps. Different vibe. Speaking of podcasts, the original Dark Lord is in the news this week. That's the ODL. (laughs) I'm sorry. You wanted me to say that. I thought I was just supposed to translate. The ODL is in the news this week. The original Dark Lord, Chris Harrison, is proving that he knows how to sustain relevance after his recently launched podcast, TMDPE, the most dramatic <laughs> podcast ever, hit number one across all categories in the iTunes charts last month. In his most recent episode, DLH invited Caitlin Bristow into a discussion about some comments she made last week on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast regarding his apparent inability to answer her text messages, a common form of ghosting. (laughs) Sounds like the local news. I know. I was trying to do that. I was trying to do that. (laughs) Old man clues. Grandpa clues. Uh, Harrison took the opportunity to clear the air with Bristow and assure her that his lack of communication while he was dealing with the racism scandal that cost him his hosting job had nothing to do with her. He also let her know what he thought about the choice to match Tasha Adams and Bristow together as co-hosts to replace him, saying, You were doomed to fail. You were set up to fail. That was never going to succeed. (laughs) That show, and again, I know it intimately more than anybody, there's not room for two people. That's exactly how he said it. Eviscerating the ultimate girl gang. (laughs) That's exactly how he said it. That's how he said it? That's chilling. Once again, the ODL seems to know exactly how to use his platform to capitalize on attention from the nation and still manage to fire a shot at not only the show, but Bristow herself. Now, I did a Clues Corner about this entire episode. Uh I watched it all, listened to it all, whatever, reacted to it. If you're wondering if Clues has done a corner about something, he's done it. Probably. Doing a lot of corners. Staying in my own corner a lot. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your corner. Um, I will tell you this. He, he didn't say it as, as I reread it. It wasn't as malicious as that. But there is this kind of undertone that's like, yeah, of course you were going to fail. A woman. <laughs> he never says that. He's, he's positioning it more to the thing that we actually talked a lot about on during that season, that two hosts don't work. And I think he's right in that. Now, the way he chose to say it and kind of rub it in her face was absurd, in my opinion. It's like, what is she supposed to fucking do in that situation, dude? Tell the producers, fuck you. I'm not doing it unless it's me by myself. She made the best of it. 
No, it's uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. Heard of it? Yes. Um, anyway, if you want to see my entire reaction to it again, Clues Corner on our Patreon. It's interesting. I never thought we were going to have DLH in the sauce wars. But he is. Fighting on the side of the sauce. He fucking is. I mean, the tea. <laughs> Let me just tell you also about these damn sauce wars that we're in right now. We're at the fucking height of it. There is so much shit flying around right now. You got Mandrell contradicting edit. We didn't even really fucking mm-hmm. talk about that. We shall get to it. Oh, it's in parasocial. My apologies. Uh-huh. You got that. You got DLH coming out and doing this shit. You got Bristow going on Not Skinny and Not Fat and saying a producer fucking swiped her lips after she made out with Nick Vial to taste his saliva. Did we only talk about that in Digging Deeper? Yeah, we only talked about it in Digging Deeper. But that is some fucking revelatory shit. Um, You just have a lot of stuff going on. And and perhaps the biggest thing in the Sauce Wars is that our book is in this show and multiple high-level players were reading it potentially Mm -hmm. using the strategies to get to the end of this season to win the game, and it is being fucking disappeared. You want to talk about Sauce Wars? We don't know that. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet, but so far, it seems like it's getting disappeared, and I believe that it will for the entirety of the season. I don't know. There's a. You got me hopeful about that. the promo clip that says about social media or whatever. That got me hopeful. Yeah, but I mean, I think they can cut it so that it's like they're here for the wrong reasons all they care about is instagram and and then they cut it off right when they're like and they were reading a book called how to win the bachelor like i don't think they're gonna put the title of our book in the show oh my god what if we see a line and we hear something else but we see on their lips they're saying and she was reading how to win the bachelor the book i mean sure (laughs) we gotta start lip reading Every line that's said off face. Could happen. But anyways, let's move on to our next uh, bit of news. Speaking of using Caitlin Bristow to remain relevant in the nation, the great one is in the news this week for his unsolicited reaction to something Bristow revealed in the same interview on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. Bristow claimed that producer sexualized Vial when he was a player in her Bachelorette season 13 and left her feeling brainwashed. Vial platformed an uncharacteristic fast judgment of Bristow's statements on his podcast, The Vial Files, wondering out loud, was she suggesting because someone asked her, I guess, what my breath smells like or how I tasted, that from that moment forward, she was incapable of decision making? How dare your great one say this about my great one? Well, I mean, your great one made the claim about my great one that he was sexualized on her season and that a producer literally scraped his saliva from her lips so that they could mm-hmm. taste it, so they could dine on the essence of Vial. You don't think that this is questioning that? It's kind of belittling it. Oh, they just want to know what my breast smells like. Yeah, that makes sense, right? That's traumatizing. Of course. It's insane. That No, that's what I'm saying. This feels like it's like lowering it yeah that's exactly what he's doing he's trying to dismiss her story yeah, that's why i'm saying how dare he Ex- and he's trying to make the story about him like ah oh, she's blowing things out of proportion well obviously he's gonna do that <laughs> that's content baby <laughs> <laughs> exactly the great one also recently made the claim that he was the last bachelor that anyone liked including the first black bachelor of franchise history matt james a bold statement from the goat that will no doubt be analyzed and discussed across the nation and certainly in our next episode of Digging Deeper, out a week from next Monday. I can't wait 
to dissect that buyout file. <laughs> it's going to be insane. Oh my God. I can't. I can't yeah. wait. This. I saw Dark Seeker just giggling in a video reacting to this that made me laugh. I agree. I mean, this is this is bold. I like it though. I like people yeah. throwing out just crazy shit. <laughs> he probably forgot about Matt James. He probably was like just thinking of Clayton and Zach. And he's like, no, I mean Matt James also. Do you remember there being a backlash against Matt James? No. No. None whatsoever. No. If anything, there was a backlash against the way he was announced as The Bachelor, but... Yes. Yeah. Uh, bold. Uh, speaking of things that are bold, up next in Bachelor Nation News, Bachelor Live on Stage is back, baby. Last year's Bachelor Live on Stage host, the only tropical royale in the history of the game, Becca Kufrin, posted a short video on TikTok featuring herself and Andrew Spencer walking into what looks like a hotel pool. Spencer is sporting an inflatable llama inner tube and Kufrin is peeling off inflatable diamond rings like dollar bills. The video is set to Ice-T's gang anthem colors and the caption reads soft launch at Bachelor Live on stage at Talking Stick Resort this April. More info coming this week. Hashtag Bachelor Live. Wowie. Yes. I did not understand this video, but I did understand the caption. It's very confusing. I agree. This description. <laughs> uh, last year, I attended this event with the Dark Seeker here in Los Angeles at the Ace Hotel, where we witnessed James Bonsall take the stage as our city's bachelor. And we will be attending again this year. Hopefully, Pace Case will be with us if COVID does not claim her. I got to figure out how to get COVID before this event. I can't have COVID twice and miss, miss this. Or don't get it at all. But we encourage anyone and everyone to join us. Okay, I will just quarantine. Everyone join us and quarantine before Bachelor Live on stage. <laughs> we sincerely want to try to glorify the LA Bachelor Live on stage event in LA this year. Uh, it's a truly strange and wonderful experience, and we hope to see as many people out there as we can because there is a um, there's a strange aura in the room. I don't know how to explain it. There are these pockets of everyone, like little watch parties. You mm -hmm. can tell like some friends came and oh, this is a family, and here's a mom and a daughter and whatever. But nobody's really like commingling all that much. And I think it would be a better thing if it was treated more like a convention for The Bachelor than like this weird singular event, in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So we hope to see some people out there. You're saying we need to host a group pregame. I don't know where that would take place. I'm saying we need to host a group game <laughs> within the game. <laughs> As Bachelor Live is going on, we'll be happy to like, you know, talk to anybody uh, and say hi and all of that. I'm nervous but excited. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended 
This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Me too. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, Ryan Fox, who you may remember as the night one player from Bachelorette season 18, who had his personal belongings ransacked by Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams, the ultimate girl gang, to reveal folders full of strategies. He is engaged. The night one prepper (laughs) revealed this new development via Instagram this weekend with a six slide main grid post that featured images of his fiance, Alexis Beretta, the sparkler and a new pup. That's the dream. The caption read, we are engaged sparkler, a new fiance and a new sorry, sparkler emoji, a new fiance and a new puppy on the same day. Not a bad Friday afternoon. Congrats to Mr. Fox. We're hoping he won't be needing his folders anytime soon. And that rounds out Bachelor Nation News. Now let's move on to talking about all those plays our favorite players are making off the field in that metaverse. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. The Sauce Wars are alive and well. And who took the latest shot? I'll give ye a hint. It rhymes with Bip Tina Landwell. I just wanted you to read that. <laughs> it's, of course, Christina Mandrell. She took a shot at producers and corrected her edit in a clip she shared on Instagram. She shows that the video in which she ITMs wanting a rose. Her caption reads, Yas. I loved my rose dress from date number one so much. Thrilled to see it featured in the middle of the group date again in tonight's episode. The video has 314,000 views and her dig even fueled an Us Weekly story. She also called out the fourth audience in another reel in which she asked the nation to treat people online better. The package deal extraordinaire says the horrific troll messages don't get to her, but she knows others get them 
too, so spread positivity. We love to see this trend of players transforming the online bullying they receive as part of playing this game into great parasocial content. Speaking of troll messages, former crown Michelle Young made a hilarious TikTok this week. In it, she starts excited with the caption, me thinking I'm ready to get back into the dating scene. Cut to new guys trying to be cute, messaging her, will you accept this rose? And her eye starts twitching. 18.5K likes, 208K views. Congratulations. Good job, Michelle Young. We've got some true star power in the next couple of plays, proving that while some may consider the nation a breeding ground for D-list influencers, that some of them are this close to and rubbing elbows with the A-list. First, our 13th Bachelorette crown, Rachel Lindsay, thanked former Jorge Moreno Bystander of the Week, Ashton Kutcher, for helping her pick Brian Abasolo on her season of The Bachelorette in a TikTok. In the video, she interviews Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon about their movie, Your Place or Mine, and mentions that Kutcher told her not to pick anyone on the group date he and his wife Mila Kunis were hosting. Lindsay details the very specific dating advice he gave her and earned herself 104K views, 6.5K likes on her own TikTok, and 56.1K likes, and 655K views on Extra TV's TikTok. Loved this. Also love how you say Kutcher. <laughs> how are you supposed to say it? I don't know. I think it's Kutcher. Kutcher? Kutcher? The Kuchers? Ashton Kutcher. Lindsay brought up such specific details in this. I thought this was incredible. She obviously prepared and uh, she surprises Reese Witherspoon with these facts. And I'm like, Rachel just like took took the scene of the whole interview in this. Anyway, all of these were excellent plays. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Becca Tilly and her partner, Haley Kiyoko. They were invited to Taylor Swift's Grammys party, and they posted a joint four-post Instagram slide, including photos of the pair of them with the Taylor Swift cheersing the camera. She's clutching Kyoko at the party with the caption, and by the way, we went out last night. Oh my God. The superstar offering garnered 506.7K likes, 2K comments. As Kyoko and Tilly earned our parasocial play of the year, we're not surprised to see them outdoing themselves in 2023. And we only hope their stars continue to rise. Absolutely astounding. Um, anytime you are this close to the Taylor Swift, you're going to win this award. Unless you're taking a picture with a squirrel. Or you're listing your your grapes on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a couple of good creature plays this week. Uh, of course, Mandrell discovered a small bird flapping around her hotel bathroom and made a very interesting video about it. But our winner is another parasocial powerhouse from this current season. We're talking about Victoria Jameson and her dog, Hero. It seems that Victoria got the DNA results back for Hero's lineage, and it turns out he's part German Shepherd, part Australian Cattle Dog, and part Great Pyrenees. This amazing genetic revelation garnered 13.2K views, 386 likes, 30 comments. It was very well done. 
I found myself on the edge of my seat waiting to find out uh, what was Hero's genetic legacy, his lineage. The way this is presented, you see Hero's face and then you see the slow like family tree present itself. It's, it's very uh, soothing. And thank you, all the creatures and all the humans who made these fantastic parasocial plays this week. Now it is time for Pace Case and I to descend deep into the pit where we will issue forth our screams. This is... Screams from the pit! My scream this week is from the Southwest. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Lion Dyke Country... I went there this past weekend, Scottsdale, Arizona, for a familial reunion, and in it, I went to a parade, and there were thousands of horses in this parade. It was, I think, maybe horse-themed. There were all of these floats for all of these local Scottsdale businesses and organizations and, like, thousands of children and the huge event in the city and also leading up into Super Bowl. They're hosting the Super Bowl, I guess, this weekend. So they had set up a bunch of stuff for that. And I did not realize this about Scottsdale, but it is like Nashville. It is a gigantic bachelorette party town. And so between the parade floats and then all of these pedal bar cart things. Do you know those? Mm, I just saw. So basically you're, it's kind of like a mobile bar, but there's seats all around it. Oh yes. I do. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 I do know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So Nashville is filled with them. And then Mm. there's like every kind. The one I went on in Nashville was in the back of a pickup truck that was just painted to look like a boat. And then there was like a captain. There's a lot of like trucks turned into like carriers of women. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And the, the whole time I couldn't stop thinking about how any of these things could be used as limo exits. I was like, a parade flow like that's like covered in roses or something would be such a good grandy. Mm-hmm. You or you could do the pedal cart a la Mandrell's party bus, but then you have to pedal with the bachelor, or maybe you get like sidecar style, you get a team of people to pedal you, and then you can just like right. lay on top of it, which I think would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just could not stop thinking about how these all of these things could be used as grandies. And I was just like, no, my like I was talking about, my lens to see the world is through The Bachelor. And now I just experience everything through The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And it's just like bachelor glasses. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. That sounds delightful. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a great creative exercise, but it's sure. it's also a scream, I think, because it's, you know, my time off. I understand. There is no time off, however. I'm glad at least you got to have some fun with your scream as these visions mm-hmm. of new limo exits are going through your head. My scream is of a darker nature. Uh-oh. I have in my life had bad breakups. I've had credits stolen from me on movies I've written. I tore an ACL <laughs> playing racquetball. I've had my tonsils removed. Are you listing your PTCs? 
I've had an eighth of my face cut off because of cancer, mm -hmm. but I have never felt the loss and devastation that I felt last Monday night when Mandrell was eliminated. I don't know how to <laughs> truly describe how terrible I felt in that moment. It Maybe it's something akin to what Jared Iaconetti felt when Tom Brady lost uh, against Dallas in the playoffs in his final season, that he would not be going to the Super Bowl this year, that his season would end in ruin. Maybe it's akin to that. I don't know. But I think it's far worse, I'll be honest with you, because in Mandrell, I saw the promise of greatness. I saw the promise of a return to what this game should be, what it used to be, what it could be. And that's dash. That's gone. Cut out. And not done so in a fashion that leads me to believe she may be able to return. Sure, she can come back to paradise. We, we discussed mm -hmm. this. She can get whatever she's going to get there. But this is a bachelorette. Yeah. Mandrell's a bachelorette. And they fucked it up. They did not give her a bachelorette edit. Well, they didn't give her a chance to fucking be the bachelorette. They should have protected her. And this is a thing they don't fucking understand still. And Mandrell, I mean, is one thing. I think Mandrell would have been a great bachelorette. And I think she could have potentially turned this franchise around because she's electric. You want to see her on television. That said, it speaks to a larger issue that we have talked about multiple times. They don't fucking protect their players. Mandrell is getting these Instagram bumps and seemingly is impervious to the death threats and shit because she's Mandrell. And that's who you want as your bachelorette. Guess what? Exactly. Yes. You don't want somebody who's crying and saying, get me out of here, blah, 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 blah. Uh, which is what they've had now for many years in all leads. But Mandrell really represented, at least in my opinion, or, or at least maybe I was naive. And, and when I saw her and when I saw Victoria Jameson, I was like, oh, fuck, they're finally getting it. This is what you have to have now to have any relevance. And what happens in the first three episodes, they cut Victoria Jameson down to zero screen time. And then they fucking kick Mandrell out unceremoniously. They should have been doing everything in their power to keep those two players in this yeah. season, giving them deep runs. And so, uh, you know, the devastation that I felt was certainly mostly about not getting to see Mandrell again, but it was also about the show not getting it. I, I couldn't be more sure of it in that moment. I was just like, well, what's left of this now? Certainly, I think there's going to be some great plays and we're on book watch. I have a lot of reasons mm -hmm. to still be excited about this season, but that was... Um, it was devastating to me. I mean, your scream is multiple, multiple times devastating now because I feel the exact same way. And I agree with you. We lost the show, took things from us. And it. we were so excited. We were like, the Mandrellian era has begun. We named our first episode. And then our... And it was so close. God, it was so close. Look, I think they should still make her the Bachelorette. She I do too. She is electric. She is a show. I, look, I think they should still make uh, her the Bachelorette too, but they made this choice. That's not Zach Shawcross saying, "Okay, I have to get rid of you." The producers—he had to have a conversation with the producers before that can happen. He has to ask them if he can kick her off. They have to say yes. They could have told them no. She needs to be back. We have some shit planned. Like, just try to stay out of the drama. Whatever. Don't worry about that. We know who your top three are. We're going to keep you focused on them. But that isn't what happened. The producers had control here. They either failed to use it or purposely let her go or whatever. I don't know. It reminded me a lot of 
We're going to go back to Bachelor Season 3, The Real Millionaire, Little Andy Firestone. Uh, as everyone calls him, Lil Andy. <laughs> Lil Andy Firestone. That season started with a casting special where they had these five different bachelors that they were like, tune in and find out who's going to be a bachelor for season three. Mm -hmm. And they showed you these little video intro packages of each of these five different guys, one of whom was Dane Blanton, an Olympic, I believe, gold medal volleyball player who happened to be black. They could have had their first Black Bachelor in season three. And you just see that and you're like, fuck, how different could all of this have been if they had yeah. chosen Dane Blanton? And I feel the exact same way here with um, Mandrell. How different could yeah. whatever we're about to see in the next three to five years, I, I like to use my own phrase, how different would it have been if Mandrell would have been your next Bachelorette if they would have kept her in this season? And I'm not saying, obviously, culturally, it's it's not on the same level as potentially having had a first Black Bachelor in season three. But you can see these things, especially as we you know get into this. There's certain pivotal moments. There's certain pivotal moments that spawn eras. You know, Mesny's season was one of those where you're at the mansion, you're picking from previous cast members, etc. No, I... I'm hoping it's not, but I do think that they, I didn't give an error on uh, Tuesday's show, but my error was them letting Mandrell go in whatever fashion. Like, I do think that they could have saved her and, and yeah, they should have protected her and they didn't. And they just, I, I kind of predicted this with you when you were like, they'll never get rid of her. When I saw that trailer, I was like, oh no, they're going to. Because sometimes they'll sacrifice for the short-term gain, for the short-term villainization of Christina Mandrell. They will sacrifice what could have been an incredible Bachelorette season, which would have targeted their demo, like white Southern women, Christian, Southern, all that all that stuff. The people that really are the backbone of the, the fourth audience. Uh and had someone who's like charismatic and like making jokes and knows how to promote things via social media, et cetera. Um, I still have hope. Maybe that's Opto 2023, but I'm like, they still could do it. And then they had that casting card calling for single fathers. I don't know. I also believe this all could have been avoided if they had just not fucked over Brianna. Because ultimately that's right. what gets her eliminated. That's what makes it impossible now for Shao Cross to believably keep her there. And they orchestrated that. They were the ones who gave her America's Fimp Rose. They were the ones who then made her turtle. They were the ones who then didn't give her a one-on-one. -on -one. They were the ones who tried to set her up in a position to make her mad, to make her implode mm -hmm. in some way, and it backfired on them because it got rid of Mandrell. It's bad producing yeah. top to bottom at every decision. The creation of America's Fimp Rose, stupid. No one liked it. Nobody believed it was real. And all it did was serve to make a player in Brianna, who probably was a good player, it totally fucked her up. She didn't get to do anything this season except get rid of your most entertaining player. And we know that they've removed storylines from the show before to protect future crowns. Rachel Lindsay said that they removed a fight between her and Vanessa Grimaldi from Nick Vile's season. Yes. Because it would make Rachel look bad. Uh... And Vanessa, but I don't know. Maybe they'll hear the cry of a nation. I got so many text messages after this happened. 
One of my friends texted me, I'm so sad. It is a travesty. First that cat girl, now this. Do they want this season to be a snoozer? I agree. They do. Unfortunately, that ain't going to happen because <coughs> we know that, you know, the top however many players all were reading our book on set while they were shooting and they can try to bury the fuck out of that story. That would have been an amazing story. It could still be if it's in. I just don't think it's going to be in the season. It is up to us to make sure this story fucking gets out there because this is the truth of what happened. And mm -hmm. you want to talk about Sauce Wars? I mean, this is it. This is the peak of the fucking Sauce Wars right now. A manual about how to win this game <laughs> was in the show. Multiple players were reading it. Potentially high-level players who actually use it to, you know, win the game, whatever that says. Mm -hmm. Everyone was talking about it in the house. Yes, and none of that is going to be in the show. That is Sauce Wars. The lie that they present versus the truth of what happened. So, that was my scream. Well, damn, that's a sad scream, Clues. Thanks for uh, <laughs> a scream that'll echo through eternity. My pleasure. Let's see if we can cheer you up with another scream. As you know, in this segment, we play Screams that everyone in the pit sends to us. If you want to send your own scream, you just go to patreon.com slash roses. You join us in the bottom of the pit. You get access to our Discord. In that Discord, there is a channel where you can upload a one-minute or shorter audio clip of your own scream. We play the best ones here. We're about to play you one right now from a user named Tall. So, here we go. Hello, Pit, Pace Case, and Bachelor Clues. This is Glenn. And this is Olivia. We honored night one of our beloved game and asked everyone from our watch party to prepare a limo exit. We sent them a Gore article about the eight types of limo exits. We had the watch party hosts wait on their stoop in a tux to greet the guests. It's a mixed crowd of people ranging from those deep in the pit to first-time viewers. And it uh, went very well. There were a couple of grandies, uh, including an arrival by bicycle and accompaniment by marching band drums. Um, a vimp uh, was awarded to a sidecar Grandy Kringle, and there were a lot of standees we saw, including um, our friend Kara, who did a combo Kringle standee with two Little Caesars hot and ready pizzas, declaring, I'm hot and ready for love. We wanted to share this ceremony uh, that we feel elevated our experience of night one and simultaneously lowered us deeper and deeper into the pit. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. I, first of all, I love that there is now this trend, I would say, of the Discord screens where it's like two people reading at once yes. and like sort of acting out a play. Yes. The production value of the Discord screams is getting better. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The production value of the Discord screams has gotten out of control. <laughs> but also, let's just talk about the scream itself. We've had screams mm -hmm. about. Uh, you know, people doing proposals that had some element of the bachelor woven in. We just had a mm -hmm. recent scream about some people trying to conceive a new human life, and it had some elements of not only <laughs> our beloved game, but literally our podcast woven into it. That one was um shocking. We've had people talk about it on job interviews. Yeah, but here we have a, a purer scream. This is a scream about a watch party, about an event that is put together in service of celebration of our beloved game. And here they've taken it to a new level by having people come and do limo exits and they're giving out prizes, hot and ready with two Little Caesars pizzas. That's a fucking brilliant limo exit. 
I love this scream. And I hope that your night one went well. I hope you guys have a lot of other festivities uh, planned, Glenn and Olivia, for all your other viewing parties over the course of the season. God, that was fantastic. Does my heart good. See, this is what I'm talking about, by the way. Yeah, it did make me feel better after your scream. This is it, though. Like, I wish the producers... I, I think some producers are listening to this. So if you are, take this to heart, producers. This is the fourth audience. This, <laughs> this is, what, is we're what, doing. what we're doing. We're having viewing parties yeah. that celebrate limo exits that are giving out prizes and shit. We love this shit mm -hmm. on a fucking level that is like deep in us. Just fucking make it good. It's not hard. You've done it before, or at least other people have done it before. Watch what they did and just try to emulate them. You don't have to fucking, you know, put your stamp on it because your stamp is bad. I, you know what it reminded me of was our, our original Grove book signing where we had a couple tots and a couple of people asked us to sign in jars of sauce and had like prepared lines and stuff. I love the pomp and circumstance. It's so fun and wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn and Olivia. This was gorgeous. Gorgeous scream. Absolutely. Absolutely love this scream. Uh, goes down to the Scream Hall of Fame if there is such a thing. Not really. It's All the screams just bounce around off the walls of the pit forever. You are now immortal. No, there's some. That one about the, the song, the song composition one. We can find that. We'll play it maybe in the next uh, episode. But thank you, Glenn and Olivia, and thank you, everyone who has joined us for This Week in Bachelor Nation. We will be back on Tuesday with a <laughs> brand new recap of episode four of season 27. We're going to see what these remaining players can do now that Mandrell, their number one competition, is out of the game. Um, mm -hmm. Very excited to see, actually, because now it also starts getting down to factions, rivalries. You're going to start to see the two-on-ones emerging. Exactly. Yeah. It's a more even playing field now. Tom Brady's out due to injury. Yep. And we'll see if Shawcross can uh, pick up his game and make us entertained at all by anything that he does. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to do an okay boomer, like booming voice, something. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,627 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 